mysterious. Someone else is here. I hear voices talking to me. Do not get involved. No, I know. I see things no one else can see. It's in my lungs and the air I breathe. I need to report a crime. I've seen things that you wouldn't believe. I live inside. Someone else is here. Ta-da. Jackpot. Hello everybody and welcome to the very first Mystery Mayhem recap. If you do not know, um, Mystery Mayhem is the name for the recap series of all the mystery movies on Hallmark Channel that I'm doing. And last night was also the first premiere movie of the Whodunits, the new ones for April. Um, and that was Mystery 101 in Education and Murder, starring Jill Wagner and Christopher Palaha. I'm very excited to be looking into this with all of you as we reopen this case to whether Mac is innocent or not. Um, before we dive right into solving this case, here is the trailer of Mystery 101 in Education and Murder. I know Mac, and he did not do it. We got a lot of stuff to dig through. Maybe he could have been framed? Think about it. Amy. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Jill Wagner and Christopher Palaha. This is nice. And it's a long time coming. Mystery 101, an education in murder. Only on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Now, before we start getting into this. Um, we're going to go over the characters a little bit. Uh, I'm not really going to talk about the victims as much since you guys don't really know. If we're trying to solve, like, we're not supposed to know. So, if we're trying to solve the mystery here. Um, so, we have Professor Amy Winslow. She is the professor at Elmstead College. She is a crime fiction professor. She's a really good at her job, and she's a consultant for the Garrison P um, PD. And then we have Detective Travis Burke, who is a friend of Amy Winslow. She is, they're both, um, Amy is, you know, the consultant for Travis, and over the years, over the year, basically, um, they've, they've gotten close, so that's interesting in this movie. This movie, I, I believe that they're a lot more flirtatious this time around. There's a lot more, um, There's a lot more, um, fl again, flirting. There's a lot more um, moments in this that leads to something in the end. Then we have Ella Quincy. She is a young writer who is writing a story, who's writing a book, and another, like, she's giving another look on whether um, Evan Mac McKinnon is actually um guilty or innocent for the Nicole Ford case. Um, then we have Detective Howard Clausen. He is the retired detective who was on the Nicole Ford case that they're trying to figure out if he was right or not to put Mac in prison. And then we have Dwight Merrill. Dwight Merrill was Nicole's husband and there's stuff that goes down. <laughs> Graham Winslow, that is obviously Amy's father. He's a writer. He's a famous writer um, of the Atticus Keller books. We have Linda McKinnon. 
She is the wife of Mac McKinnon. And then we have Bud. Bud, we've known Bud for a long time. Bud is a student of Amy's, and he's a very good help to every case that she's on with um, Travis. And then we have Blake Newman. He is... um, he is a writer. He wrote his own book. He's published. He wrote Murder with a Smile. And um, he's a new face around and he's a new friend for Amy to help with. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> so we open with Nicole Ford fixing her pillows in her bedroom before she goes to sleep. It seems as if she has a slight cough, so before she goes to bed, she took a quick puff of her inhaler before turning up the lights and going to bed. Someone dressed in a black, in all black runs up the back stairs of the house and tries unlocking the back door with some type of lock pick. Um, it, he or she enters the house and makes it makes his or hers way to Nicole's bedroom, where it inserts poison into her inhaler, so when she needs to use it, her lungs will fill with the poison, and she'll die. The figure then makes it seem, makes its way to her office, and searches her filing cabinets, looking for what seemed to be Huck Finn chapters. It then turned to be a special on TV where they go over the Nicole Ford case. The chapters are found to be fakes, and Professor Evan McKinnon was arrested for the murder of Nicole Ford. He is serving 30 years in prison. Amy then paused the special, and she starts talking to Travis and her dad. Amy had worked with Nicole and Mac, Evan, at Elmstead College for years. Um, Amy tells Travis that Mac always claimed he was innocent. Travis asks Amy if she believes Mac, and Amy tells him that even though they have physical evidence, she knows Mac, and she knows Mac would never do that. Um, It had happened a few years ago, so Travis asks Amy why she's watching it now, and she tells him that she's meeting with a young writer, Ellie Quincy, Ella Quincy, who is writing a book about the Nicole Ford case. Travis says that he's been a detective for years and he's never seen anyone use strychnine in an asthma inhaler as the murder weapon. Graham Winslow, Amy's father, is a famous writer of the Atticus Keller series and he has a he has a book reading coming up. He asks if Amy and Travis are coming because there's now a long um, wait list. There's now wait. There's now a long wait, and Amy and Travis asks if they forgot to make reservations. Act as if they forgot to make reservations. So, again, because there's a long wait list to get in. As Travis and Amy both leave Graham's house, they talk about Detective Clausen, who was on the Nicole Ford case. Amy says that even though she never really knew him, he was no Travis Burke. And Travis jokes saying that he didn't, like, did he not let you consult for him on murders? And Amy laughs and she tells Travis that that's not what she meant and that it didn't seem that he had the passion for the job like Travis does. 
Travis then asked Amy to go to dinner with him after Graham's reading, hoping it would just be the two of them. Amy obviously agrees, and they both leave Graham's house. It's now the next day, and Amy is back at Elmstead College teaching another lesson, this time on partners. I mean, we all love Amy's lessons, and this this one has to do with Sherlock Holmes. When I watch, like, when, when I watch these movies of these scenes of her teaching, it makes me feel like I'm sitting in the class, and it just makes me so much better, because you're also learning a little bit, and, it, and I love that. Um, a young man walks into class, and it looks as if Amy recognizes him, and um, he answers one of Amy's questions, and she makes it clear that Holmes and Moriarty look similar. Bud and Blake Newman are friends. Blake runs a bookstore. He is writing a novel, and Bud is mentoring him, so they're all friends. He obviously knows, Blake and Bud obviously knows each other, so do Amy and Blake and Bud, obviously. And Blake lets Graham read his crime fiction novel. So, Blake, um, while Blake and Bud and Amy are talking, Graham comes in, um, into her little, like, lecture area, her classroom, basically, and they're talking about, like, the book, because he is writing a book called Murder When You Smile, I believe, and, um, Graham asked if he could read the book because Blake says that his dad will never be able to read it, and, um, Graham asks if he can read it, and Blake says sure, so he hands him the book, and then they leave. Amy then leaves with her dad, um, to meet up with Ella to talk about her book. Ella is a fan of Graham Winslow. As Amy sits down, she starts asking Ella simple questions such as if there is, if this is her first book and what college she went to since Ella had told her that she is an English major. Um, Ella says that that was a little school, that it was a little school back east. Ella says that she saw the topic in a show called Who Done It a few months back, and it made her want to write about it. Amy had asked if she, how, what got her into writing about this, and that's what she said. Ella asks her a series of questions, leading Amy to ask about her about her views about whether Mac is innocent or not, and they both agree that they both believe that he's innocent. Amy asks why, but Ella says that's confidential at the moment. Amy asks if she has talked to Mac, and Ella says no, he won't speak to her. Amy says that she can try to get him to talk to her, and Amy puts it in puts in a notice at the correctional facility to talk to him. Since Ella is on the way to speak to Detective Howard Clausen next, Amy asks if she can tag along, and Amy says that's fine. Now they pull up to Howard's house, and he's all friendly. Howard is now retired, and Travis took a spot at the Garrison Police Department. Howard tells Amy that he's semi-retired and that he doesn't that he does private security now. Howard has heard of Amy before, and they seem to get along fine. Ella proceeds to ask him questions about the book, and we see what happened the night of Nicole's murder again, but in now more detailed pieces. Dwight Merrill came into the picture. 
he came into the station and told him that Nicole was a no-show to their appointment about their divorce. Nicole had called Nicole. Nicole had called Nicole. <laughs> Howard had called N- Nicole, but there was no answer. And um, Howard had called Elmstead, and they said that Nicole had missed her morning classes. Dwight wanted to file a missing persons report, but he, but Howard had told Dwight to make sure to check her home. But Dwight asked for Howard to come along because he didn't want to get in trouble since he had moved out. They found her in bed. Paramedics thought it was a heart attack, and since there was no trace of heart disease in the family, Howard ran a tox screen, and it came back as strychnine. Um, strychnine is like a type of poison. They found traces of the poison in her inhaler, and uh, um, Amy asked if if they suspected, ha- um, oh my gosh, if they suspected Dwight, but Dwight had an alibi. Ella questioned what led them towards Mac, and he said that then when they that when they heard about the fight, they wanted to question him, but Mac wasn't home, and his wife let them in. Amy then asked how long it took for them to do this after Nicole's murder. Howard told her three days. The wife let the police look around. She took them to his safe, and the key was right on top. In the safe, they found a bottle of strychnine in the chapters. Amy states that Matt Mac didn't confess, nor did he take the plea deal. Howard said that they didn't need it. He says that they got a conviction in physical evidence leading to Mac as their killer. Amy asks if he got if he thought Mac could have been framed and Howard was very defensive. He asks her if she's trying to reopen the case and t- and she tells him no. Howard says that it was a solid conviction. Howard makes an excuse saying that he is late for the appointment and they end up leaving. Um Amy Amy apologized to Ella like saying like sorry I just wanted to ask and she said Ella says that him being so defensive made it perfect for the book then Howard shows up at the garrison police station to talk to Travis about Amy he tells Travis that Amy is working with Ella to reopen the Nicole Ford case Travis tells Howard that if the case is so rock solid, then there isn't anything to worry about. Travis then gets a call from Amy, and they cut their talk short. Travis asks her if she's teaming up with Ella, and Amy tells him that all she did was tag along for the interview. Travis says that there isn't anything to worry about since he has a solid conviction, but Amy points out that if it was so solid, then she would be able to ask him a few questions to confirm that. Amy has to end the phone call to answer another one from the correctional facility where Mac is. Amy thanks Mac for calling her back, and Mac says that he's surprised she called. Amy asked about eloquency. Mac said that she sent him some messages. He tells Amy that he's gotten a lot of requests to talk over the last couple of years from writers, and all they want to do is... They want. They say they want to tell his story, but they all, all they end up doing is listening. Amy tells Mac that that isn't that this isn't the case, and that Ella is writing a book that takes another look at what happened. 
She tells him that Ella believes he's innocent and that she thinks she has a way to prove it. Mac asks what that is. Amy says that she doesn't know, but she's going to find out. It's the next day, and Holly's got a pipe burst, so Amy stopped by her dad's to grab some coffee. If you do not know, Holly is a very, she's a staple um, in this, in this world. Um, Holly owns a coffee shop, and it's been in every movie so far, I believe, and except for this one because of a pipe burst. Amy tells her dad that she's going to Warrenville to talk to Mac. Her dad asks if Ella is going with her, and Amy tells him no. Amy tells him that Ella believes that Mac is so innocent, but won't tell her how. Her dad says that young writers think that if they spell their ideas, someone will take them. Amy says that's obviously not the case from her, and all she wants to do is get an innocent man out of jail. Graham then says, which you're very good at, as I recall, which re- which he's referring to the time Amy got him out of jail. Blake, se- Amy sees Blake's manuscript, and Graham says that Blake does know how to craft a mystery. And Amy leaves and heads to the correctional facility to talk to Mac. Now that Amy is in the facility talking to Mac, Mac is seems very happy to see her. Max says that he appreciates her coming down to speak to him, even though she's really busy. Amy says that she wanted to continue their conversation from yesterday. And Max swears to her that he's innocent. Amy tells Mac an idea. She has, she has where they use the fact that Mac won't talk to Ella as their advantage. They offer her, they will offer her an exclusive interview to return, in return for that info. Mac agrees to the idea. Amy then talks to Mac about Detective Howard. Amy asks Mac if he had any previous dealings with with him in the few, like in the past, and Max says no. And the meeting that the first meeting that he had was when he was arrested. Mac asked if Amy can try to take to get him to take another look at the case. Amy tells him that he retired a year ago, but she thinks that she can get Detective Travis Burke to take another look. Amy tells Mac that she's helped Travis solve some cases in the past, and Mac says that hearing that is encouraging. Amy says, Amy asks him if Linda has been around, if Linda has been around, which is his wife, and Mac says that she's been dot, dot, dot very busy so we know something's going on with linda if she if he paused for a quick second before speaking again and they hang up the phones and mac goes back to his cell amy then leaves ella a message as she's leaving once once amy gets to her cart there is a yellow note stuck to her windshield that says in all caps stay away she then heads over to Travis's office to talk to him about the note. Travis asks who knew she was going up to the prison. Amy answers by saying her dad, Mac, and the prison staff. Travis says that he's going to get the staff to look over the security footage and have the new forensics tech analyze it. Travis also tells her that he wants her to stay away from the Ford case. Amy says that if anything, she's going to keep pursuing it. Travis says that they both have to respect that the case is closed. 
but knowing Amy, she is going to pursue it anyways and heads over to Linda, Linda McKinnon's house to ask her a few questions. Linda gives is giving short answers. Amy asks why there aren't a lot of pictures, why there aren't any pictures of Mac anywhere, and she says that she put it all behind her and asks her sternly to leave. Amy is now back at Elmstead working in her office. Bud shows up with a friendly smile. Amy tells Bud that she's now looking up Sky Mountain Resorts, but she can't find a website. Bud tells her that Sky Mountain closed a year ago. Amy has the garrison police to talk to Travis. She tells him that she's that she talked to Mac's wife. Travis asks why since she told her to stay out of the case. Amy says she technically did because she heard him. Um, she tells him about Sky Mountain in Rimrock, which is only 20 minutes away. She says that that's not really a retreat if it's close, so, so close to town. Amy tells him that there's that there aren't any photos in her house of Mac and she hasn't visited him. Amy says that where there's smoke, there's fire. And Travis says that he doesn't smell any smoke and she comes back at him saying that's subjective. She asks about the note and the person that and the person didn't get his face on camera. Amy leaves, and now it's later at night at her dad's book reading. Travis compliments Amy's outfit and then asks who Bud is talking to. So, so far, we're seeing a little bit of them pushing against each other, I'd say. Um, I feel like there's a lot more arguing, like a little flirtatious argue here and there. Um that is uh, very telling about how they've grown so far. She then says that it's eloquency. Amy sees Dwight Merrill, Nicole Ford's husband. Amy says that it's strange because she's never seen him at any of her dad's book readings. Amy goes and talks to him about the Atticus Keller books, which is one of his favorite. Which is one of his favorites. Dwight pauses. Amy then says broken nine pins, which isn't even a Graham's, which isn't even one of Graham's books, and Dwight agrees. The reading begins, and Am- Amy tells Travis about Dwight. Soon after it begins, Dwight disappears from the book reading, which makes Amy suspicious. After the reading is over, Amy introduces Travis and Blake, even though they already know each other, since Travis is such a crime fiction fan. Amy also introduces Blake and Ella. Ella says that Blake Newman is a great name for a crime writer. Amy says that Blake studied with Nicole for a few classes. Blake gives Ella his number so they can talk about a book deal. Amy tells Ella the plan. If she shares what she knows, she can give in, she can have an interview with Mac. Ella suspiciously asks if they can talk about it tomorrow so, that, so she can go get her book signed by Graham. Amy and Travis then leave for the restaurant and Howard is seen walking by Amy's car. Travis tells him that he doesn't want him to come near her unless Amy talks to him first. Travis asks him about the note, and he says, is it a crime to leave a note? Travis says no, but stalking is. And Howard is so sure that Mac killed Nicole. They're at dinner and talking about the case. Both are being very flirty. We see that... Both are actually being more flirty in this movie than the last, but it's a good thing. Travis says that he's going to look at the case files. Amy says that she will too, stating that she makes a living helping people question crimes. And Travis says that he makes a living questioning people. 
Then Graham shows up to join them on their little date. The next day, Amy walks over to Ella's rental to talk about Max's proposal. Did I say walks? I meant head. <laughs> um, Ella invites her in, and Amy asks for coffee. She makes it a little hard so she can quickly look inside Ella's journal. Once Ella comes back with the coffee, Amy shows her the note and warns her to be careful. Amy's now back in her office. In Ella's, jur- in Ella's journal, she had a title circled. It said, The Poison Professor's. professors. Uh, sorry. Which got Amy thinking. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. She looks up things... She looks up things to do with the Poison Professor, you know, the title, and finds an article about a Grover College professor who was murdered just a few years before Nicole using strychnine in an oil diffuser. Professor Jill Ives. Amy called Travis and told him that there was another murder that was a lot like Nicole's. Police thought it was a heart attack, but they later found out that it was strychnine from her essential oil diffuser. Amy asked when it was, and Amy says it was five years ago. Travis asks if she thinks Mac is a serial killer. Amy says that it couldn't be Mac because it was the same day her and Mac were in San Francisco giving a lecture. Jill was killed in New Windsor, Oregon. Travis says that she's surprised that she's not driving to Windsor, New Windsor now. Amy tells him that she would, but she has a class. Amy asks if he can wait till her last class so she can go so she can join, but Travis says that he thinks it would be better if he just goes cup to cup. Now that Amy is in class and she's talking to Bud about the Jill Ives case, how she thinks Mac is innocent because he was because he was with her. Bud asks if Mac or Nicole knew Jill Ives, and Amy said that she didn't know. After class, Amy says she's going to check the old files in the basement to see if there's any connection. Travis is now in New Windsor, meeting with Detective Poole. The detective says they lost the detective on the case the year before. Frank, Detective Poole, says that Jill Ives was ruled as a cardiac arrest, but her daughter asked for an autopsy. It had taken several weeks, but when it came back, it said Ives had been poisoned. Detective Bill Carlisle was assigned when they found that out. Luckily, Ives' home had remained had mostly remained untouched, and Bill found traces of strychnine in the essential oil diffuser. Frank got in touch with Camila Hines Clark, the chair of Ives' department, and she was willing to talk. Professor Hines Clark called had said Jill came to talk to her about concerns to do with a student who was guilty of plagiarism, which is a serious offense. Jill didn't want to say that the student's name. Camila thought it was Jill's star pupil, Robbie, Robbie Hurst. He had a short story about a lawnmower that was going to make the prestigious literary courtly, quarterly called The Portal. Travis asked for a copy of the magazine, the article, the the of the article and the and oh my gosh, <laughs> the of the magazine the article ended up going in. And Camila said yes. Travis asked her if she knew someone by the name of an Evan McKinnon. Camila said no. He also asked if she knew Nicole Ford. 
Camila said no. Then Travis asked about Ella Quincy. She said no, but the name ringed, rang a bell. He then asks if she said no. Oh, I'm stupid. She then asked... Um, he then asks if there were any dealings at Elmstead College between her and or Professor Ives. Camila said no. But also she didn't know. She didn't know Ives um, what um, Jill had been doing. No one dealt with Robbie Hurst. He had graduated shortly after Jill had passed. Camila says that Jill didn't make any enemies. Detective Frank Poole and Travis left Camila's office. Back at Elmstead, Amy makes her way down to the basement of the school to look for old files. Once she gets down there, the light flickers, which that triggered me a little bit just because like it, it didn't really trigger me. What it made me think of, it made me think of all those other mysteries where she goes, where the person goes in a basement because, you know, she, that person's already on the case, like they're already like halfway there basically. And then next thing you know, they're in this room where there's only one way out. And there is, and then the light flickers. And then something happens. Well, as she makes her way deeper into the storage room, someone comes in and turns off the lights, which ends up pushing the shelves on top of Amy. So the person pushes the shelves on top of Amy, fleeing right after. Amy got herself free and called the janitor. He found Professor McKinnon's files, but professor's, Professor Ford's were missing. He said that he knew where he had placed them because he was the one that packed their offices. Amy and Travis head to the bar to look over all the files. Amy tells him about the event that happened in the basement of the college. Amy says that whoever had taken Nicole's files would have taken Max if she hadn't walked in on it. And so far, I'm kind of suspecting Howard because he's hiding something. He does not want this case to reopen. He wants Mac in prison. There's something going on there. And Ella, she, she's kind of hiding something too, so... Travis thinks it's just a coincidence, and Amy says that it's not, including Jill Ives and Nicole Ford were, were killed in similar ways. They are missing something that connects the both of them. Amy quotes Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, saying that the little things are the most important. Amy comes across something small. They list her doctor, but they also list her therapist, Dwight Merrill. Travis questions why she would drive two hours to see a therapist. Amy said no, because his office is listed in New Windsor. Travis then makes a silly comment, saying that he's realizing that her father's not there. And then we cut to Ella going into her rental house and locking her car door. Her doors. But guess who's sitting outside in a car in the shadows? Howard Clausen. This is where I begin to feel a little hunch something was going to happen to Eloquency soon later. Travis tells Amy about the rule where he was, where when reading a mystery novel, you should never read the ending first, but he tells her that he wishes he had read the ending first. He pulls out a paper stating that Ella Quincy went to Grover College. Ella was a work-study student for Jill Ives. Amy then calls Ella, but just, but it goes straight to voicemail. Travis says that he needs to talk to Dwight tomorrow. 
Amy asks if he's going to take it seriously now, and he says that he's just that he just drove to Oregon and back. So he's basically saying that I'm yes, I'm taking it seriously. The next morning, Amy and her dad sit talking about the case. She says that Travis thinks the two murders are connected, meaning the same killer, which makes Mac innocent. Graham finished Blake's novel, Murder While I Smile. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> and Graham thinks he took the easy way out with his ending. Graham then gives the novel to Amy to read next. Amy leaves her dad's house with, to meet up with Travis because she's kind of late. She has to meet t- with him to go over, all, you know, about Dwight. When she gets to him, she sees he's writing a file. It's Howard's case file on Nicole murders... Nicole Ford's murder. Travis said that Howard never checked Nicole's texts or emails. Amy still hasn't heard from Ella. Amy and Travis are, are at Dwight's office to talk to him about Jill. Travis introduces himself and asks if he can ask questions about a patient. Dwight was treating Jill for depression after the death of her husband. Amy asked if he knew how she died, and Dwight just danced around the question. Travis asked asked again. He tells them he tells him that she was poisoned using strychnine via the diffuser. He asks if Bill Carl Carlisle mentioned it to him, and Amy adds that he told that he told them that he did mention it. Dwight pauses. Travis asked why, when he, when his wife was murdered, he didn't tell the detective he had seen a similar killing, a similar kind of killing. Dwight had said that Mac was already arrested, so he didn't see a point in saying if it felt like a coincidence. Before leaving, Amy asks why he had left her dad's book reading before it started, and he answered by saying he got a call from a client in distress, which he doesn't really believe. After getting back to the station, Travis compliments Amy on her bluff about Carlisle and also asks if she knew if Nicole was wealthy. Amy said that she didn't know much about Nicole's financial situation. Travis has a theory that it might have nothing to do with the Jill case, Jill Ives case, and thinks it's a good way to bump off a wife and not get caught since they were getting divorced anyways. Amy checks her phone and there still isn't any call from Ella. Since Ella hasn't, hadn't called back, Amy and Travis head over to her rental where they find her murdered. Amy wishes that she would have warned her. They couldn't find her recorder, notebook, or phone, not even her computer. Travis found Howard's business card stuck between the cushions and the couch. Howard did tell Amy and Ella that he does private security, but he never gave Ella a card. Amy leaves for the night, telling Travis she'll talk to him tomorrow. The next day, Amy paid... Uh, the next day, Blake pays Amy a little visit at her office. Amy tells him that she's now reading his novel and will give him feedback if he wants it. On the way to class, Bud, see- Bud sees Amy and needs to catch up to her. He tells her that he needs to talk to her about eloquency. Bud says that they met up yesterday and he- she asked multiple questions about Mac and Nicole and and about her and about Amy. So. She asked if she could trust her. Amy tells him that they should tell Tra- they should let Travis know. But asks why, and Amy says that Ella has been killed. Later that day, Travis paid a visit to Howard to ask a task about Ella. When Travis came to the door, Howard made a joke. 
saying, I already got my Girl Scout cookies, which I thought that was clever. That I liked that. Travis, uh, he giggles a little bit, and he asks him where, where he was last night, and he says, at home watching the basketball game. Travis asks him when when was the last time he saw Ella. Howard says here at his house with the professor, which is a lie. Travis then brings out the business card. Howard said that she called him a few nights ago and was interested in hiring him for security. He then came to talk. To, he then came to talk about money. She was uninterested. Travis asks if he saw her last night, and Howard answers with why, and he tells him that. Ella was murdered last night. Howard questions whether Travis is putting that on him. Howard says that if you want to talk to me again, you will have to get my attorney present. Amy is now giving another lecture in class when Travis shows up. Amy asks Bill to stick around so he can talk to Travis. Travis tells Amy that the coroner called, called him and told him that Ella was strangled between 7 and 8 last night. Amy says that Bud left her sometime between five, in sometime around five thirty. She asked, she asks about Howard Clausen, and he tells her that he saw her last the night before Ella was because Ella was interested in hiring him for private security. Amy asks if he believes Howard, and Travis says he's not so sure. Travis asks Bud to remember everything from his conversation with Ella. Bud says she asked him a lot of questions about Mac and Nicole. Travis asks what kind of questions they were. Bud answered by saying that she asked how well he knew them. Yeah, if he had seen their fight over the Twain papers and if he suspected they were having an affair. Amy thought that was weird along with Travis. He asked him to keep going. Bud said that he asked questions about Amy. She asked whether or not she could keep a secret. He answered, saying as long as it didn't hurt anyone else. Travis thanked Bud for the inf information and then asked Amy if she went through Mac's files. Amy said she hasn't had the chance to go through them. Both Travis and Amy went back to the station. Amy was going through Mac's notebook while Travis was distracting her. In this movie, it seems there's a lot more joking jokingly flirtatious statements than all the rest. So it makes me wonder what's going to happen between them next. Travis asked Amy how many times she's got on the Dean's list. As Amy is flipping through his notebook, she finds two pages stuck together. She pries them apart with scissors, finding photos of Mac and Nicole together. Travis and Amy take a trip to the prison to talk to Mac. Amy introduces him and Travis, and Mac asks how he can help them. Travis then pulls out and asks about the photos of him and Nicole. Mac says he and Nicole were in love and had started innocent, but then they realized it was something more. They had talked about divorcing their spouses. Nicole told Dwight, and she was pushing Mac to do the same. Nicole gave him the ultimatum, which ended in a huge fight. It was thought to be the Huck Finn papers, when, but they used that as a cover-up, so no one would suspect what the fight was really about. Mac said he never thought it would, it would come back and ruin his life. Travis asked why Mac didn't tell Detective Clausen about their relationship. Mac says he, he would have used it as proof that I wanted her dead, saying that the fight was over her wanting to break it off. That's what Mac had said. Mac said they can only ask that they can ask Linda because he told her the truth. Mac told Travis that he told her after the conviction. Amy then realized that 
That's why she doesn't come to see him anymore. And Mac nodded. Travis then asked if, if he knew a woman named Jill Ives. Mac says that he doesn't recall. He asks if she was a student, and Travis says she was a teacher at Grover College and was murdered five years ago. He told him that she was poisoned similar, similar, similarly to how Nicole was. Mac then looked at Amy and asked what she taught. She told him creative writing like Nicole. Mac sighed and thought about it. Travis and Amy came came back to the car. Travis says that Nicole and Dwight were divorcing over Mac. Amy told him that Amy that Linda said the four of them used to, to do dinners together. Travis questioned but whether both spouses knew about Mac and Nicole's feelings. Amy states that if they did, it would be a good it would be a strong motive for murder. That night, Travis and Amy head over to Linda McKinnon's house. Linda asks if they're reopening the case. Travis says that they're not reopening the case, but taking another look. Amy and Travis asked if she already knew about Mac being in love with Nicole. Linda said that she suspected something was going on between them. Travis asked if anyone can verify her being stuck at Sky Mountain, being stuck, being at Sky Mountain the night of Nicole's murder. She then says that, uh, that didn't the detective already confirm that? Travis blatantly says that we both know you, he didn't. Howard never even considered her a suspect. Travis said that it would be very easy for her to make it look like her husband did it and so she didn't have to take the fall. Linda asks if she's under arrest and asks them quite rudely to get out of her house. Travis has a hunch that Linda is going to do something. So him and Amy sit outside of her house in the shadows while they're watching while they're watching and waiting. Amy asks Travis how long he staked out outside a house before, which was 18 and a half hours. Travis tells her story of a man that was a serial killer that only killed on full moons, so they called him the Wolf Man. They followed the man to his next kill, and luckily, they caught him before he killed another person. Amy says that he pro- that he will probably remember that day, and he says he does, but for different reasons. Which is when we learn that his wife had divorce papers waiting for him. Okay, I don't really remember if we learned this previously that he was married, but all I know is that it, that was a sad day for him, and that it just dawned on me now that he was married before. I, I swear, I never knew that. Travis said that divorce is ugly, and it made him feel that all his life he was used to winning, and then he lost and failed. He said that he feels as if he's going to drag it into dot dot dot, and he pauses, because Linda comes out of her house into her car. As she drives past, Amy and Travis duck so she won't see them, and they begin to follow. They follow her all the way to Nicole Ford's house to meet with Dwight. Now, Travis isn't too happy. Travis asks Dwight and Linda about their relationship. They both say they're friends. Travis questions whether you would go and visit your friend right after they talked to her. Linda speaks up and says that both her and Dwight were at Sky Mountain at the the night Nicole was killed. Dwight lied and his brother covered for him. Travis tells him that it's illegal to lie to a cop. Linda says that the retreat was for substance abuse issues, which they both have. 
Dwight says he was so he was concerned with destroying his reputation. Amy then asks about the book reading again since she was looking at the bookshelf and there weren't any Winslow books since it was in alphabetical order. Amy tells him that she made up that book, so he had lied. Dwight says that there that he was there to speak to Ella Quincy, but about not writing the book. Travis, Travis asked if he talked to her, and Dwight said no, but he left her messages, and he hasn't gotten back to her yet. Travis then asked him where he was last night between 7 and 8 o'clock. Dwight says he was at his home and asks why. Travis then says that that was the time Ella Quincy was murdered. Now they're back at the station. Linda and Dwight both end up on the suspect board. Travis says that he's going to do some digging around about Sky Mountain and asks Amy what she's going to be doing. She then tells him that she's going to go home. Amy, Travis tells her to call her once she gets home. You can tell that he's really caring towards her now, like even more than before. Amy exits the police station and is heading to, to her car when headlights turn on behind her. Like you can tell eerie music now starts, like... They start driving towards her. Amy speeds up, trying to get to her car when it swerves in front of her. She turns back, and it swerves in front in front of her again, blocking her. Howard gets out and asks if she can if she has a minute. Amy asks if he's following her again. Howard says he'd like to talk to her and says to get in the car. Amy says no. Howard starts to pull her towards the car. Luckily, Travis is behind them. He, he's yelling his name and pulls out his gun. Howard stops and faces him. Travis tells him to let her go. He hands Amy her phone and asks if she's fine. She says she is, and Travis asks what he was doing. Travis brought Howard in for questioning. As Travis keeps trying to ask questions, Howard won't speak. He says that he won't speak without his lawyer. Every time, he's like, lawyer 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 i would have gotten so mad <laughs> amy looks at the suspect board it looks as if she's trying to figure out how they're all connected travis tells amy that howard is lawyering up and so he won't be able to talk to him for now behind them a new forensic tech named maria comes over with news about ella maria the forensic tech says that travis always talks about her and he denies it mm. It's kind of cute. <laughs> she says DNA was found under the victim's fingernails, both skin and blood. Sadly, the killer wasn't a match in the system, so this was the killer's first offense. I mean, technically, in the system, it's the first offense. Travis asks Amy what she thinks. She says that she wanted to step back and put it all in perspective. Amy says that they're trying. It's like they're trying to figure. They're trying to figure out. What connects these three different chapters? Then she realizes what links them. Literature. All three are English majors. Jill Ives was a creative writing professor who had an issue with plagiarism with a student. Nicole Ford, a creative writing professor who lost her life over chapters to a book. And Ella Quincy, a new writer who Amy thought was going to write a book about the connections between the two murders. Travis asked what now, and Amy says that they should go back and see what overlaps. It's now later at night, and both Travis and Amy are working to find the connection between all three. 
Travis finds that Nicole was an associate editor of The Portal. Um, if you recall, The Portal was the um, the liter- literary quarterly, I believe. The Procedures Literary Quarterly, co- which was where writing pieces were published. It was like a very fancy magazine. But it's not in her bio. That's what Travis points out. Travis said he looked up a list of people who worked on the magazine and her name was on it. They look to see if she had if she had held that same position when ill when ill Ives when Jill Ives <laughs> student submitted the short story about a lawnmower. Amy starts to read it and says that it's good because the first paragraph is a promising sign. If the first paragraph is good, she says it's a promising sign. And that the rest will be too. Travis then finds out that Nicole Ford had worked on it five years ago, so she could have read the same article by Robbie Robbie Hurst. Travis wonders if Robbie Hurst went to Elmstead too. So Amy checks to see, but Robert Hurst graduated in 1962. Travis runs Robbie Hurst through the system until Amy figures out who the murderer is. Travis calls Camila. Him and Amy both show up at Linda's house, and then they both stop at Blake Newman's bookstore. They ask to see security footage because they believe their killer was at Graham's reading. Blake takes them both back to the, both to the back of the store to check the footage. He asks if he if he can know what this was this was all about. They say that they want to see the conversation they had after the reading. Him and meaning Blake and Ella. He fast forwards to the right to right when Ella is reading the note. They ask him to zoom in on it, but he says he can't. Travis then takes it over and zooms in for him so they can see the paper. And Blake has this look on his face like, oh no. Like he, he there's this one little glimpse of his face and then he puts it all back together and he's like cool as a cucumber again. On the paper it says, don't say anything. Let's talk. We'll make it worth it. That is what Blake wrote on a little sheet of paper for Ella because Ella had told him that Blake Newman, wow, that is a great name for a crime fiction writer. She, she, and while, while Amy and, and, um, while and Amy and Travis are trying to explain to Blake, she says that Ella remembered who you were. She realized who you were. So Amy gives Blake back his manuscript. Amy told him that while she was reading it, it reminded her of something else that she had read, an article called The Cuttings by Robbie Hurst. Travison points out that they both are him. Blake then says that she that he doesn't know that he doesn't know what you think you figured out that you that you don't know like that you don't know what you're saying. Then Amy says since Robbie Hurst was known for plagiarizing that they looked to see where it came from if there was any other connections. And Travis said they looked it up and found traces of words pulled out from a 19th century short story by Edwin Bowles which is now out of print, but they found it in the Grover College Library, which is why they called Camila. Travis calls Blake by Robbie 
and he says that he thinks you're confused. Then Amy pulls out a picture of his driver's license, where it says Robert Hurst, and it's a picture of him next to it. Travis says that Blake changed his name two weeks after he graduated from Grover College, which after he um, murdered um, Jill. Travis says that Amy, sa Amy says that once he came here, everything was perfect until he had submitted another short story to Nicole Ford. Travis states that Nicole knew it was plagiarized, so she confronted him about it. So he had to act, which led him to copy a murder this time. And he had someone to take the fall. Mac. Once they spoke to his physical therapist, Linda, she told them that Blake had visited the day before Nicole had been murdered. It was the perfect time for him to frame Mac, which led him to drop out of college, write a book, get a job at the bookstore, and get published. But Alec Quincy had shown up to write a book about connecting both murders. Blake had said that they'd, that they'd get together to talk about, they'd get to talk, but instead of talking, he killed her because she knew that he was the one who murdered both Jill Ives and Nicole Ford. Travis and Amy got a warrant to search his apartment, where they found the original paperwork that, that was stolen from Nicole's home. Travis then tells him that Elle's killer got scratched by her by her, because DNA was found under, under her finger, fingernails. Travis walks over to Blake and looks around her, his collar, like he op like looks around his collar, and he finds a nice scratch. Blake then takes the keyboard that's right next to him and starts beating Travis before taking off down the hall, throwing boxes in the way so Travis cannot get through. Travis ha Blake had Travis pinned against a shelf with scissors to his throat. That was scary. Amy then walks over and places a Glock 19 at the base of his neck. She tells him to drop the scissors. When he does, he goes after Amy, choking her. Travis collects himself fast and pulls out, pulls out of his gun, yelling at Blake. Like, stop. Very loud. You could tell right there. Okay, I'm changing my, like, voice right now because I'm happy at that part. You can tell he cared about her so much there by the way he yelled in his voice. I'm just saying. Blake stopped and Amy caught her breath. As Amy is getting checked out by the paramedics... Blake comes by, getting in the police car. He told her that she was right about his dad. Travis comes over and goes, and Amy goes in for a hug. It looked as if they were going to kiss, so they had another moment. But Detective Clausen texted Travis and ruined that moment. At the station, Howard apologizes and confesses, saying that he took what was handed to him and didn't ask any questions. He said that he'll be going to see Mac. And he thanks them for getting the right man in jail. Amy goes and visits Mac in prison. He says that he can't believe he's finally getting his life back. And he tells Amy to stick with Travis. Mac says he's very grateful for, her to do, for him doing that, proving he was innocent. And Amy's like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to stick with him too. And it's this cute little moment. Oh my god. Okay, keeping it together. It's now night, and Travis and Amy just finished with their dinner. They're fin they, they went on another date. Mm -hmm. 
Amy and Travis are walking back to the car and Travis jokes about her father not being at the dinner again. Amy proceeds and tells him about the talk she had with Mac that day. She tells him that he's grateful. And Travis replies saying, I understand. And she's like, hmm? He's like, I'm grateful. And then they both they both stop and look at each other. Travis says he's grateful. Amy asks what he's grateful for. Oh, and he says her for her. They stare at each other for a moment before Amy pulls him in for a kiss. Like, finally, finally. If you are a Mystery 101 fan, okay, and you've been watching, you know that they had a moment in 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 the fourth one, last one, Dead Talk. They had a moment. And something could have happened. So I literally screamed when I saw the ending. I was so happy. And there's parts that make it seem like there's going to be another movie. So I'm very, I'm really hopeful that there is going to be one. Because it's, it's such a good... Both characters are so good. I love Jill Wagner and Christopher Palaha. They're just such good actors together. They're, it's so good. I love them. Um, make sure you check out every other new whodunit in that's coming. There's another one next Sunday, which is a Ruby Herring mystery. It's a really, it's supposed to be really good. I hope it's really good. I'll most likely be re recapping that, probably. <laughs> um, I, I'm choosing which which movies I want to recap. I'm not doing all of them, which is kind of sad, but it's, I'm choosing to do that. Um, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited for more spring fling stuff, and I'm ready to see what happens next in in their lives. Um, like... I'm very, I'm excited to see what happens next for, for Amy and Travis, like, I'm excited, <laughs> I was like, okay, now they need to have a sex, like, there's parts in it where it just, it made it seem like there was gonna be one, where he didn't finish his sentence, he said that, he said that he, um, that he had um he didn't want to he didn't want to continue he didn't want to drag his feelings about divorce and failure into his next and I'm gonna guess it's relationship with her so we'll see I'm you know what I would think for a next movie if there was one I would like to see um Travis you know start to in like you know how sometimes when they're being very protectful of someone, protective and protectful, and they don't want them to get hurt, I feel like he's going to start pushing her away a bit, and that's going to cause a rift in their friendship, and I feel like something's going to happen. So, that's what I'm saying. My theory, if you have any theories, you know, comment on my recent post or DM me, because that would be good it would be very interesting if to see what happened next
I would love to see what happened next. So yeah. I hope everyone has had a great day. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. And I'll see you guys on Sunday. Bye, everybody.